Y'all need something to talk about. Cracker Barrel. It's not a cracker. It's not a barrel. Discuss. I mean, I will tell you this. I mostly see crackers up in that joint. <gasps> they should be it's wearing true. barrels because their fashion's pretty awful. <laughs> oh, God. And I know people that like that stuff. I know. Can you believe my mother used to work there? When we all have a past. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Flapping and Fawning. And with help from me to get man seed, soon you'll be guzzling jizz and sperm. Flapjack! Eggs, eggs, eggs! All I want is eggs. Fawn. And just remember, when two people love each other, there are no wrong holes. Victoria (laughs) Taylor. Yes, Victoria, welcome back to the pod. Thanks for having me. Once again, nailing it. Like, that was a great intro. Oh, yeah. Mm, yes, put it. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I got distracted. Pardon me. Distracted. Okay, so for all of our readers out there, can you remind us what your pronouns are? I am Victoria in drag, she, her, hers, out of drag, Jonathan, he, him, his, but I'm not picky. Most people call me Victoria no matter how they see me. I love it. Well, today we decided that we wanted to talk about pageantries, all the ins and outs, local, national. I know that's something that we've all had a hand in in one way or another. Um, So I'm really excited just to chat about it a little bit today. Um, And I also wanted to mention as the reigning mix Central Alabama Pride, I'm really excited for on April 14th and 15th to see the new court court crown. Yes. I think I'm actually judging at that pageant. I'll be there performing with you. Yeah. I will be in the audience spectating as I know a person or two that are competing. So (laughs) are you sure you're not going to be dressing somebody? I don't think I'm dressing anybody. Plot twist. She's going to show up and steal the show. To dress anybody. I know. Fawn might. She might jump up in there and steal the show. Are you throwing your mustache in the ring? I mean, you never know. I'm not. You never know. Okay, so pageants. Where where do you start with pageants? Maybe just like presentation. Presentation. Oh, interview. Yeah, ca- yeah or categories. Oh, interview. Categories, yeah. really. Categories, like, yeah. Yeah, so what are the main categories like someone who's never done a pageant should know about? So usually when you're starting at, you know, what they're going to call newcomer pageants or, you know, your basic entry-level pageants um, for those corporate-minded individuals, um, it's usually a presentation. There's going to be a talent. And they'll usually have evening wear. Now, when you're starting out, because, you know, when you're starting out, you're in drag, you're pretending to be a girl. So they Mm. usually stick with evening gown. They don't branch out as far. Whereas you start seeing, like, in some of the pageants, it's XX evening wear, where it doesn't have to be a gown. Right. But usually right there at the beginning, when you're starting, you get a good quality gown and you make your way through the pageants. And then you'll have onstage question and answer in your evening wear. And so it's usually just something like that. You'll have your presentation category, big showy, how you are, talent, what you're good at, and then, oh, look at me, I'm pretty or handsome. So when looking for an evening gown, um, what, what is something that a new drag queen should look for? And then on the other side of that spectrum, for a, a new drag king or male entertainer, like what are, what are some things that you think that would, they would be wise to look for um, and that a judge may be looking for? The fit. That was literally what I was going to say. The number one thing is it's the Does fit. Does it fit? Mm. 
And if it's a gown, it needs to touch the floor. And at least one place in the front. It must touch the top of the shoe in at least one place. So, okay. So, the it's touched the, not the floor, but the shoe in one place? Top of the shoe in one place. Oh. That is That is the textbook pageant definition of a gown that is long enough. Most of us let it just go to the floor because we get that horse hair in it so it stays yeah. out from under us. But the textbook pageant definition across pageants is gown must touch the top of the shoe. Interesting. Yeah, I, I feel like I um, when I was first starting, I was, I mean, I grew up on Drag Race, you know, so yeah. I, and I think Drag Race has this edit of, oh, pageants are bad or you um, get stuck in your ways in a, with a pageant view, which I think is completely absurd now that I've right. done them. Um, but I, there were certain rules that I was really surprised to learn about. So I know that's one that you need to look out for. I mean, fit makes sense, but also like uh, a gown touching the floor. I've also heard that jewelry should, should not touch. Should not touch. Shouldn't yes. Touch. Your hair shouldn't touch your shoulders either. In a perfect world, your jewelry won't touch your hair, but with the way we all like our hairstyles that and our jewelry, it's getting increasingly difficult. Impossible to yeah. do. Yeah, that's and that's so interesting to me. Like, um, where all those rules fall? Um, are there other rules like across the other categories that a, a young entertainer may not know about? Um, it's probably something that I got caught up in when I was young. I um, for talent, do mm. what you're good at. Like, Ooh. I have been bad, and I'm still bad about it. Doing what I think they want to see. So, interesting yeah like i'm good at doing popular i do popular that's what i've won several pageants with but what i'm also really good out there is going out there and pretending to be Nicki minaj or iggy azalea on a friday or saturday night because i need to pay my rent yeah so breaking not being so perfect like letting them see the fun side of you or like you know get out there and rap or you know you know do what you do like show them why you should be the entertainer that they're looking for what sets you apart from the x amount of other right. people that you're competing mm. against everyone out here is coming out here with your broadway stuff i want to see what you're going to do show yeah. me what you can do that makes a lot of sense and in fact like i think that i was i was trying to play to that when i did miss comedy queen um because you know i just closed a one-woman show back in december i guess i didn't just do it but in december i closed a one-woman show and so i was kind of trying to play to that i was like i don't think anyone else will have the the know-how of what I learned from like being in this sort of solo theater production to do a a primarily one woman show sort of talent. Um, So that was what I really tried to play it up for. And I think like technically and quality wise that worked out really well for me. Um, And I think it also worked out well when I did mix cap as well. Uh, just making a a, ver- a funny mix like I like to do, yeah. but also incorporating choreography and knowing every second of what I was going to be doing while I was out there. Um, yeah. What Any other rules for categories that we should think about? For talent, you don't always need a backup dancer. Mm. Because if they're on stage, they're, they're being judged too. Right. If they mess up, it doesn't matter how perfect, beautiful handsome if you're perfect serving the look perfectly if your dancer messes up you lose the points for it yep anytime i've done a talent where i had backup dancers most of my points counted off and talent are always for my backup dancers and not for me (laughs) that makes a lot of sense don't pull focus exactly um okay what about in presentation so i feel like in presentation there i've heard 
I've seen a lot of different types of presentations recently. Like I've heard ones that are like mini talents no. that people do, but I've also seen what, well, I've seen somewhere you get, re- you get rewarded for doing a mini ta- talent. All- yeah. Yeah. And then I've seen ones where people are just presenting themselves and I'm like, I feel like you could do a little more here. Um, but I don't know. What's the good balance to find there? Depends on the pageant. Ooh, that's, that's the correct answer. It depends on the pageant. You're walking up. They've got 30 contestants. Presentation is, good evening, ladies, gentlemen. I'm your blah, blah, blah from blah, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I am, yeah. <laughs> and then they go on to the next one. You know, but in that pageant, they got to run it. You know, but then mm. like in, you know, Showgirl, um, it's all about how big and gaudy it is. So it's not necessarily even about you talking. Um, Interesting. Then you've got, you know, like at Goddess and EOI. Goddess is a creative costume, but you do still talk to the judges. EOI, it's a creative presentation, so that's like a whole creative theme. And so, you know, your speech needs to tie in with what you look like and what you're serving. And so it just depends on the pageant as to do I just drop who I am? Do I give them a mini talent? Or is this like a full-on production right here? The like mode of like tying the speech into like what you're wearing is something that I have always done in the more local scene of pageantry. Yeah. Because like also, so what you're wearing this great outfit that is like often like themed to a something. Correct. And so like, why are you wearing this? Because like, so you're going to come out here and introduce yourself, but you're not going to acknowledge why you're wearing what you're wearing. Yeah. I can say that'd be weird relate that to your drag and how you're presenting and how that's going to affect your reign mm-hmm. in a way too. Mm. I'm sticking to the theme. Cause like there was a pageant I was thinking about doing like in that, you know, it's going to change based on who you are because you think differently. There's a pageant I was going to go do. Um, the presentation category was purple and black, a grand affair. Oh, that's just what they called it. So whatever you come up with is what you'll do. But it just needed to be black and purple. Hmm. So usually the presentations are themed. Okay. Some people try and throw in a themed talent. It's not my. It's not my gig. But I'm not trying to yuck your yum. So right. I I think I've done one pageant before, which was one of the online ones where they wanted a themed evening gown. That's that's I've heard of that. Fairly common i think it was so it was a christmas in july pageant Mm -hmm. and it was i think it was just christmas eleganza so i I thought that made sense since it was oh you mean like an actual they wanted a i want to see you in a christmas gown Mm -hmm. oh i thought you meant like a funny gown like for comedy queen so i was like yeah they you Uh, know and then like creative for eoi right usa's you know yeah sparkle like (laughs) no no i felt like with with now this was like an independently run I would say it's like on the scale of like a local pageant, but just it was online. So anyone could do it. Um, But yeah, they, they gave like a theme with, I mean, it felt like a drag race theme, you know, it's like tonight's theme is Christmas eleganza. I made the best drag queen win. So, (laughs) um, yeah. So I would love to talk for a little bit about the differences between local and national pageants. And is there anything in between there that I'm not thinking of? Yes, there's usually for national, a lot of national pageants. There are prelims. Prelims, yeah. And that's usually state level is what they consider that. Mm. 
unless you're in the America system, in which case there's local, regional. Because at one point in time, back when drag pageants started, you had to live within a certain area of a pageant to be able to compete for it. Oh. So, like, you wanted to be Florida Regional Entertainer of the Year then. Um, now anyone can go win that one. Um, but used to you had to live within a certain area. That's how they could region people off and send everybody to go to a national pageant. So, oh, interesting. Yeah, there's there's local, there's local, but then there's that state level prelim in between local and nationals. And then there's also one that's especially relevant, like local here in the South. You have Apollo, mm-hmm. who has Ooh. their individual path, individual depending on the crew, which there's not that many. There's is it four now? There's is it four? Baton Rouge, Lafayette, Lafayette, New Orleans came back. Birmingham. And Birmingham. So it's four. I think it's four now. Shreveport, I think, disbanded. Um, so you have. So this is this e- is Apollo. That this we're is talking? Apollo. Yeah. Okay. Mardi so Gras crew. Each of them have their own individual pageants, and then they all come together for what they call the National Apollo. Even though it's really just like Southeast. Plot twist, though. Birmingham is currently the only chapter that still hosts a pageant to select their Mister and Miss. Everybody oh, else I votes didn't them. Know mm-hmm. that. Oh. Mm-hmm. Everybody else votes them. They're selected. Interesting. I would much rather compete because I would, I would rather like which is be able to get feedback. Which is yeah, why more times than not at Apollo, Birmingham wins because they're used to doing pageants. We already have to do a pageant to get there. And it's one of those things I was having a conversation. Karis and I were having a conversation with one of our castmates at brunch this past month, Vita Avanti Star, mm. who was in the top three last year. I can't remember how she placed. Uh, yeah, she was top three. Because um, I know her and Gen- Genesis were top three last year for EOY. Mm-hmm. And talking about like, oh, you've already qualified for EOY. Are you going to do a prelim? And like, what's your reasoning behind doing a prelim? Um because like, oh, you're already qualified. You don't have to. No, but you can get money if you do. One. And that's what she said. She was like, mm. you get extra backing and support out of it. So like, why not go do another prelim when you're going to get the support behind it? See, okay. I want to say this and we'll need to take a break. But that is something that I'm, I kind of learned right now. Because um, I, I understood that you needed to do a prelim before you went to do a national pageant. Mm-hmm. And particularly with Comedy Queen, I chose it based on when I was available, what they made right. the most sense for me. Right. But I have realized now that there's significant prize packages available for other yes. ones. Yeah. Um, so, you know, it, it, as I'm looking into the future, I'm like, Oh, maybe I'll want to look at a different one based on what prize package is available at that time. Um, and you've yeah. also got like promoters of the year, right? Like the different prelims will be awarded different awards mm-hmm. every year and that's like kind of a signifier of like these are the people that are really taking care of their contestants yeah. right and, and talk to contestants like in there you can put you you'll know who has the money you'll find out which pageants are giving away the money oh believe me i can sniff it out mm-hmm. all right well we're gonna take a break and we'll be right back with more pageantry oh yeah And we are back talking all things pageantry with the burlesque beauty, Victoria Taylor. <laughs> Hello. BB. Welcome to FF. Mm, does that mean what I think it means? <laughs> Flapping and fawning. That's oh, right. No. Different, <laughs> different party. <laughs> uh, same people. Um, 
but <laughs> I was wondering about. So we were talking about Apollo earlier. Yes. And this may just be me still learning my way around the scene, but Apollo and crew and Caratos are these all the same thing? They're the same kind of organization. They are not the same organization. Yes. So is, are there three like in Birmingham? There are two in Birmingham, one in Tuscaloosa. There is the oh. Mystic Crew of Apollo, the Mystic Crew of Caritas. Those are our Birmingham base. And then we have Mystic Crew of Druids, which is in Tuscaloosa. Tuscaloosa. Oh, okay, okay. This is very, very helpful. Thank you. But because Tuscaloosa is right down the street, we all just right trade back and forth and go to each other's balls right right so <laughs> as one does and for we balls handle each other's stuff. balls it's no biggie yes <laughs> they're imported from 45 minutes down the road um okay so are, are all of those things in the same system or are those they're not three a different systems they're not they're not a system that's that's a local pageant yeah oh okay 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 that's Apollo's a, just the odd one out because there are different chapters because gotcha. Apollo started as a prelim to Gay America. I did not know that. Yeah. Apollo was the Some Alabama history. chapter because Alabama Newcomer was the pageant you did to go to Apollo to go to the regional to get to America. I am learning things today. <laughs> That's what the pod is for. Oh my God. I love this. Okay. Thank you. That's really helpful for me to understand. Um, one thing I, I would also love for us to talk about is interview. Like, what? Oh, I suck at it. So, well, I I thought I was good at it. And then, and I also, I mean, I did okay at um, Comedy Queen. Like, I, you know, th- nothing too good, nothing too bad on my, on my feedback. But um, I, I don't know, I really expected to knock it out of the park, you yeah. know? So, like, what, what are they looking for? Like, wh- do I need to worry about an opening statement? Do I need to worry about a closing statement? Wh- what is all this... I mean, because when I interview people at my job, you know, I'm I'm not necessarily looking for an opening statement or a closing statement. I'm looking to get to know them. Right. So, like, what what are we looking for with that? Well, I have done one interview and I have placed last place in interviews. So great person. <laughs> yeah. So I I clearly don't have the the code cracked. Um, I think more times than not, like you said, they just want to get to know you. Yeah. Um, they don't want anything that's going to be overly fake. Um, because I mean, I mean, and don't go in there preaching a whole bunch of promises, right? This, especially an interview, like with all things in your life, and I'm learning to do it myself, promise less, deliver more. Mm. So just say that you're going to represent the brand to the best of your ability and then go in there and knock it out of the park. But don't say, Oh, I'm going to have 82 this Y X or, you know, I'm going to make sure that this pageant does blah, 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 you know, just, just be normal and you never want to like promise that the next year is going to be like a huge patch oh gosh no because then COVID you will, happens <laughs> and you will like recruit people to do the pageant and people back out at the it pageant. happens mm-hmm. every time and like as somebody that has done two interviews for local pageants one thing that i was always told was like go in there make eye contact shake people's hands when you get in there and i was told that you wait for them to tell you that you can sit I don't know how true that is. I've always waited. Interesting. And I just want to know that you're confident. And but I've also been stuck at podiums for interview, too. I've not so had that. There's, so there's no sitting. I've not had that. Yeah. I, I don't know. I feel like there's all these rules that I, I don't quite 
know my way around and so i honestly just ignore them like and maybe that's the wrong thing but i feel like a lot of times people get really caught up in oh i need to worry about sitting on this side of the room or i need to worry about choosing the chair there's nothing like that now don't crotch shot the judges you know i mean i have been i have done it i've sat down for interview in a skirt that was too short and you know i hee-haw in um, because they do judge what you what your they do judge your attire yeah right and um, sometimes you can do the interview in drag or out of drag sometimes they prefer it in drag sometimes they prefer yes, it out find of drag. out what they want mm. find I, out if, yeah find out what they want if i have the option i always like to do interview out of drag because what i my mentality is is i'm going to be representing you this year whether right. i'm in drag or out of drag so you need to see both sides of this. Oh, interesting. You get, you get to know this. This is what you're picking up from the airport with me. Right. Because I'm not, I'm not a trans individual. So I'm not a woman. Like, you're hmm. not looking for Victoria Taylor when you know you're going to pick her up. From You're looking for Jonathan. Right. Yeah. Okay, interesting. And also, like, when you're in, and when you're in interview, just like, I get they're looking to catch a vibe. You know, just, they just kind of want to go with you on, like, just be cool they want to know like do they want to be friends with you like are you someone that they want to deal with for the next 365 years if you if they don't if they can tell in seven minutes do you like am i going to want to deal right. with this fool or not yeah <laughs> it's very much like a job interview in that like and they'll be able to pick up on if you're nervous and if you're shaky if your voice is shaky they will know which is why i don't win interview anymore oh really I'm. I, I don't know. I'm so surprised to hear that. Like, I feel like you're so natural. Whenever I'm, you know, beat you and talk with you until you pull me away from people and put me in a room and everyone's looking looking at, me. at you. Mm. Yes. And now I'm on trial and I'm like, Ugh. that's me that. for on stage question and answer. See, no, I love question and answer. Okay, let's talk about that. Oh. What, what's what's the tea with that? Like, good evening, ladies, gentlemen. I'm <laughs> contestant number blah blah blah, and my name is Victoria Taylor. And in response to the question. What is the biggest problem facing queer youth in America? Gasp. That wasn't in my bio. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, it's kind of like to, you know, I like it because, you know, everyone's right there. Yeah. Um, but I also like it because it's so short. Yeah. You control the time out there. I, it's not seven minutes of doom. Mm, <laughs> doom. 30 seconds. What, True. Is big, what is your biggest pet peeve in drag? Good evening, ladies, gentlemen. I'm your distinguished panel of judges. I'm your contestant number, Victoria Taylor. My biggest pet peeve and drive for CDs that skip because it'll get you together every time. Thank you once again. Blah, blah, blah. (laughs) And I have heard some fucking wild questions in my time of just attending pageants or being in pageants. One time I did a pageant and one of the questions was like, what color of the pride flag do you identify with or something like that? And it was one of those things like I was baby. I was, it was like my second pageant that I had ever done. And I couldn't in that moment, this is only my second time ever doing it. And I'm like, what did this color mean on the pride flag? And I just had to like, kind of like spurt out something. Mm. And until recently, I haven't like, it's been within the past few years that I've really gotten comfortable on the mic. Mm -hmm. So I haven't done a, pageant since i've been comfortable on the mic and my biggest critique every time for question and answer wasn't what i said it was how i said it it. Hmm. because i would be visibly and 
sonically nervous yeah i guess i don't know um like you could just hear it in my voice that i was nervous and i Hmm. would not speak out enough like you want to like you don't want them to have to struggle with hearing you 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 put that microphone right up to your face and you sing out louise (laughs) you act like you were up close and personal with your man in the shower in the morning good evening (laughs) oh god (laughs) there's not much conversation happening for me in those moments oh well yeah uh (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> okay this it's is desi- a- it's designed to judge you on your on your feet to judge how yeah. you respect and how you respond in now time situations right so they want to be able, because a lot of times especially when you get to the national level when you are that representative you're the organization's boots on the ground at this organization yeah the prelim owners are there but the national people aren't there yet you're the first ones on the ground you're and the, if the pageant is jacked up well you could have taken the reins and made this run girl right oh good point uh yeah uh, this is really really helpful like i think it's a nice way to like reframe the way that people think through like drag pageants are fun but at the end of the day like it's a job you're you're applying for a job for an organization whether it's to be their face or not but so let's talk about that job like people i i frequently hear people say oh so and so got a crown but they didn't know how to reign that is true what happens what does that mean it's sad because you want when you get a representative you want it to grow Mm. You want them to be personal. You want people to want to be around them. You want people to want to learn from them. You want people to want to be them. Um, like, so you're, you don't want anyone that's cold or standoffish. Yeah. Um, and sometimes shyness reads that way, but it's not necessarily, that's not how people mean it, but they want it because, you know, you, you want to, you want it to grow. So they had enough to they had enough garments and they look beautiful for one night because let's be honest at the end of the day, a pageant's one night, mm-hmm. right? You just got to be stunning for one night, six hours. Yep. And that, we're good. That is something that we can touch on later. Like circle back to is like pageants are just one night. And I think that the rain is, a, is what are you doing for the other 364 days? Yeah. It took one night to win. What are you going to leave? How are you going to leave this system? Are you going to leave it? bigger than you found it is it going to be smaller did it take a hit is it better does everyone want to do this no one wants to do this it's like my mama used to say you can hide crazy for 30 minutes and in response to the question what about people (laughs) not carrying the rain dear god i can't even carry it seriously (laughs) (laughs) but like it's one of those things you don't want somebody to win a title that is just gonna win the crown that night go sit it on a shelf and then show up a year later yeah. with the crown. You want to see somebody that is actually actively out there in the community. And investing like, in their craft. Yeah. Like, it's not just a one night, you show up, get the crown, get the money, and then you go home and, and then those, come back next year. Those three costumes were absolutely stunning, but we're watching you wear Fashion Nova. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The, and don't get me wrong, I'm not knocking it. It does work. And it has its place. But as a national entertainer, your whole wardrobe should not be a Fashion Nova catalog. Right. And, like, even, to, I have looked into, like, the National Bearded Empress 
one because yeah. mm-hmm. National Bearded Empress is a facial haired inclined pageant. However, that's one that I have realized that I personally will never do because of some of the duties that come with the rain. Mm-hmm. In order to do Bearded Empress, you cannot just be facial haired. You have to have a full beard and you have to have the full beard for the entirety of your reign. See, I don't I don't understand why there are some of these like strict rules like that with yeah. the rain. Like especially Which, with with a so that with, someone can't just come over here, grow a beard, come over here, grab some money and then get out. Yeah. True, but also like if the point is to be inclusive, right? Like well, why why can you not as a mustache entertainer do a bearded you know like there's not another there's not yeah. i mean and do we need the national mustached empress you know and then that's where we run into the problem of how much separating is too much right and it's one of those things too like with empress too they say like it doesn't have to be a natural grown mustache or beard you can draw on a beard you can have a lace front beard it's they're open to different the faces kinds. victoria is making right now <laughs> So it is inclusive to different genders and bodies as far as like what people are capable of doing, but you still have to have the beard the whole year and it's not just a mustache. Mm. Yeah. That's, that, that is interesting to me. It's, it's, um, I mean, but that is, that is a new system too, right? So they have how new. Is is there like an actual pageant? Yeah. Oh, I'd like to watch that one. That sounds fun. Yeah, I know. Um, somebody that competed in Comedy Queen last year that had... Oh, Tara. Tara Newhall will be competing this year. I love her. <laughs> I know. She is a hoot. <laughs> she was somebody last year for Comedy Queen. I saw her gorilla glue dress yes. for <laughs> outrageous evening wear, and it was incredible. And uh, that's, like, I had already been, like because I'm in a Instagram group with like a bunch of inst- mm-hmm. facial haired entertainers. And she was one that like I had already been following was aware of. And then I saw that gown and I said, bitch <laughs> something. Okay. We, we talked a little bit about like inclusion mm-hmm. and like what, what, what's a good divide? Like what, where should we be breaking these barriers down? And so I really want to talk a little bit about the mix division that has been popping up in different places. And as the current reigning mix central Alabama pride, um, I am really thrilled to be able to represent non-binary people, uh, mm-hmm. through that system. Um, but I also recognize that I, I present primarily as a drag queen, you know, I, yeah. I I'm not, uh, I don't necessarily identify as much as a non-binary entertainer, aside from the fact that I am non-binary and Indeed, I am an right. entertainer, yeah. <laughs> you know? Um, so I, I've, I, I'm just curious, like, have, have y'all had a chance to watch many mixed pageants? Like what, what, what are you seeing and how is that different from the, these binary gendered um, pageants that we've been seeing? I can't really speak on watching them cause I haven't been to many. However, I've, had conversations with people that have done them about like some of the stuff that they have gotten feedback from judges that because it is a newer category, there's some growing, there's a lot of teaching the judges of like what is and isn't acceptable of this for this. And this is why, right? Yeah. Because like, I've heard of people being like, Oh, you weren't masculine enough or, Oh, you weren't feminine enough or androgynous enough. Yeah. Right. And, Personally, as somebody that identifies as non-binary in and out of drag, it's a lot more welcoming to me because while, yeah, I do want to dip my toes back into pageantry and eventually into some of the national pageantry, 
I also don't really fully identify as a queen. Mm-hmm. So it's nice to be able to have a category that is a little more free for the style of drag that I do. And I'm not having to change drastically what I present. Yeah. Cause like I typically don't wear tits anymore, but I know if I went to like EOI, I would need tits. But see, you know that. And you're willing to change that. Yeah. We've got people that are trying to do these pageants, FI pageants, female impersonation pageants mm-hmm. now. And they're trying to do it. And we're not saying don't do pageants, but don't be upset when you get things said to you because they're looking for a female illusion. Like, yeah, no one's attacking your identity, but you've got to pay attention to what you're applying for. And it's also one of those things, be aware of the rules and what rules you're breaking. And if you're breaking certain rules, be aware of it and make sure like, I hate to use like rules, but I mean, it's pageantry. There are rules. Yeah. It's a competition. And yeah. it's one of those things too. I, for a while and also. you're paying to be judged. Yes. I thought for a while pageantry was kind of just like, like out the door for me because of the mustache, because that's also not something I'm going to sacrifice. But I have had conversations with Paris Campbell with like a bunch of people like within the EOY mm-hmm. realm of things that are like, no, if you're going to do a national pageant, EOY is the one for you to do mm-hmm. with the facial hair. And like just still having conversations. I had a conversation with Genesis at brunch this past week. I was like, so what, how is EOY about hair color with evening gown? Because that's, mm. I was always told you want to go with a natural hair color. And she's like, well, I've never seen it, but like, so there's no really precedent to go on it. But I imagine if you did it well, right. yeah, they can't really say anything. Don't as long give as them it's, something to clock. Right. Yeah. Do it, but just make sure it's right. It's one of those things. There are some of those like unspoken rules, but as long as you're doing it right and it's not anything on the rubric, what can they count you off for? Because I love a monochromatic look, <laughs> hair and all. <laughs> right. I think it's lovely. Yeah. Oh, that is a good point. I, I didn't, that did not even cross my mind when I was prepping for Comedy Queen. Um, and I, I can't, I can't tell you if I've seen someone who, for Outrageous Evening Gown, did like really campy hair. But um, for my bakery one, we, we made it into three buns and they looked like donuts with pink icing that were made of hair. That's fantastic. And, oh my God. I was obsessed with it. It's so cute. Um, and anyways, I don't know where else I was really going with that, but I think you are right in saying you, you need to understand what you're applying for because it's, it's a job, like right? you're applying to fit a certain position. And so in some ways you will have to compensate for different things. And that's why with comedy queen, I was looking, what, what do I do that I do best mm-hmm. in the realm of comedy? Um, and, and focus that for this pageant. That's yeah, that's a really great point. And um, in the realm of jobs, you're, you've also got to be at every single prelim. So you've got to make sure that you're able to be at every single prelim. Yes. And that's where your money comes in. Like, yes, there's a big prize package, but let's be honest at the end of the day, how much money you make is up to you. Mm. If you go to those prelims and you're like slaying it and you're giving these people great entertainment, people are going to want to come out. Yeah. They're going to want to be there. And that's how you keep getting booked for years afterwards. Yeah. Slay your reign and people will book you. I think that is a great note to go on to a break with. Okay.
Oh, sorry. We're back. <laughs> <laughs> and it is time for our flopping and fawning segment for pageantry. So we have accumulated a list of some popular trends in pageantry, and we are going to flop and fawn um, based on how we feel about those things. So yeah. there, there might be some nuanced discussion that we have as we go. So we'll just see. We'll feel it out together. But if it is your first time joining us for flapping and fawning, we do need you to know that we have a very sophisticated system for ranking things here. If we absolutely hate it, it's disgusting. It's a flop. And if we like it, it's pretty, pretty good. It's a fawn. And if it's the best thing we've ever seen, orgasmic, I would say, it's a Fetch. Stop trying to make fetch happen. It's not going to happen. <laughs> oh, it already happened. Oh, it did, bitch. Okay. Pageant trend number one. We've known it. We've seen it. Hair loaves. They're a fetch for me. I <laughs> love a hair loaf. I do. Yes. I, for me, it's fully dependent on the hair loaf. <laughs> no. It's a case by case. All situation. hair loaves matter. All hair loaves matter. Stop trying to so make a, fetch happen. It's not going to happen. Although a, hair loaves happened. Yeah, yeah, they did. I um so I don't know. I like them. I think I like them on a on a I I've seen some where it's like really obviously borrowed. You know, oh. and, and like when you just throw someone throw someone into one, like you borrowed one, and like I understand that it's expensive to do it, but if it doesn't look quite right, like I would rather right. you do something else. I just I feel like I feel like not every evening gown or uh, calls for a hair. Oh, loaf. absolutely, that, yeah. You know, and I also personally prefer a loaf that has a little more shape to it that isn't mm. just the like oval on the head, essentially. Oh. Oh, if someone doesn't know what we're talking about, could y'all describe what a hair loaf is? So, <laughs> I'm sure they're like, imagine what the a fuck? big. Okay, so imagine you've got your hair, you pull it up into a little ponytail, and then it's like this big bouffant um, that you stick on top. So, I've, because I like a really big hair piece, so I will take my, um, I'll take wigs and I'll turn them inside out, and I'll do one or two. And what? I'll pin, yeah, I'll pull my hair up into a ponytail. And then I will take uh, wigs, like little, you know, little pixie wigs or something, and I'll roll them inside out so all the netting's on the outside, and I'll pin them onto my head, and then I'll hook the updo around those, and then pin them under that so that now it's even bigger. That's how it sticks to your head? Yeah. Yeah. You gotta have hair long enough to do a. Can I see how much hair you have? Well, I don't have it right now. You can use duct tape too. Oh, okay, okay. But yeah. Interest. I could probably do it if I wanted to. I'm now getting to the point where I have like enough to do like a little baby bun. Yeah. I mean, I probably couldn't do it, right? Um, Hair too short. We could do yours in multiple little ponytails like what Deranged oh. does. I have seen. <gasps> I love Deranged. I have seen people just like backstage start with like a f- wig right out of the box mm-hmm. and then whip together and updo real quick and it is just the most quaffed like little you can i i am yeah. just impressed I've anytime i see it entertainer ball-headed like straight yeah. razor, straight razored head and they put their little piece on they're like they like they'll duct tape it or sometimes I've seen them use like gorilla, like gorilla glue tape. Oh, yeah. And I've seen super glue too. And then they'll put their bump on and then they'll put their topper on. Well, they're still bald or, you know, shaved mm-hmm. head across there. Then they'll get one of those lace front closures and they'll glue it to their head 
and then they'll spray it and style it up into the updo. And there's their updo. Wow. Looks like it grew it out the top of their head. Uh, is there like a YouTube video for this? I mean, surely. Not on all of that. Some of that is like in the backstage, you see it happening. And oh my like, God. Oh, that's how they did that. Okay. Someone could get very famous teaching these like pageantry old school well, that's why tricks. that's why a lot of people make money as dressers oh that makes sense now, there are people that make good money because they come and they'll do your makeup and your hair there's so many people like that i have seen just whip together hair backstage at a pageant mm-hmm. whether it be a lace front or just for a topper like i remember one of my early early pageants actually it was the only pageant i've ever won the miss redacted bar pageant <laughs> um, miss redacted bar pageant <laughs> say its name um was i had dominique divine dress me and i had yes a flat ass wig and mm. she she can make some she, she makes magic. turned that wig out for me in no time while it was on my head i need to see this i i, I need to make dominique divine can turn like nothing into something real quick it you will know? take me two hours to style a wig and she'd had that thing stage ready in five minutes professional i wonder if we can get her on here to share her secrets um <laughs> okay next pageant trend oh wait did we all fawn or flop i think I'm, I'm gonna fawn i think i'm gonna fawn okay we're both fawning so it's a double fawn for hair loaves and a fetch from victoria yes. all right love a hair loaf nude illusion gowns Ooh. it depends on the fit and the color of the nude illusion Okay, so what are we looking for with a nude illusion gown? For it to match the skin? It needs to look like the skin. Also, this may be a hot take. I don't want to see hemming on the nude illusion. Oh, yeah. I can understand that. Because hmm. then it- Hide it in the decoration or hide it in nude line. Or just double line it in certain places. You can't see through two layers of power mesh anyway. Because, I mean, like, they, they also make, like, some of the nude illusion fabric that you're not supposed to hem at the neckline, so it looks like it goes right up into right. your neckline. Like, if you go to, like, a fancy gown store with the nude illusion, you'll notice you don't see that hemline because it's not there, so it lies flat. So it lies flat. It just presses up against your skin. I am realizing that I still have so much to learn because I don't know anything about what you're talking about. Oh, come to Atlanta. We'll show you. Yeah. Ooh. Okay. I okay. Need to go to Atlanta. I am Are we talking about FF? Huh? Are we talking about FF? Yes. Work, bitch. We still need to get you to go to the one next to that. I've, that. Been, to, I've been to FF and Gale, but... We need to take you to another one. Okay. There's two Gales. Oh, there's really? A, there's one inner city, and there's one on the outskirt. I okay. love Gale because they are run by Vietnamese folks, and so I went with Danny, and Danny, like bargained the price down significantly on some fabric That's we fantastic. got recently in Vietnamese. I was like, I don't know what they're saying, but I like it. The price there, is going down. <laughs> there's a beautiful smaller scale store very close to FF that Paris is the one that turned me on to, and I don't want everybody knowing about mm. it. Oh, you're one of those. Well, I'll yeah. tell y'all, but like, I don't need the whole world knowing about it because they have high, high quality fabrics and they're not like, they don't break the bank slide into my dms so <laughs> okay yeah i want to know i would love to go check it out okay so nude illusion gowns i mean Fe- not fetch um fawn it's a fawn it's a fawn if they're done right if they're done right 
If I, it's a booger, it's a booger. See, I also would, like don't borrow somebody's new delusion. Yeah, their that's their gown, not yours. It's not that your breasts aren't going to sit in the same place. Oh, so so like, what makes this special? Like, is this like a custom gown? Okay, well, yeah. Well, the goal is is because everyone wants to be naked. Oh, imagine because as soon or have the nude cutouts. When one you're of the two, when you're naked, you're oh look how real I can. I'm yeah, you know, I'm pussy stunting. I look so real. <laughs> look at all the skin you can see. You know, and so they're trying to do that, and and there's a place for it. And if it's done right, it's great. But you've got to make sure that all your nudes match. Mm. Oh, and semi-related to that you've got to figure out how to hide your tight line well and if you're going to hide it with a bodysuit underneath it a nude bodysuit you've got to make sure your nude bodysuit matches your tights perfectly i made that mistake one time i had a gown that had lace up the side and since my bodysuit didn't match my tights perfectly i got dock points for that interesting i suppose i'm going to give it a fawn i don't i mean i i i think i would like it if i'm picturing the correct thing in my head i've seen them done gorgeously um i think is it brooklyn heights that wore one for cotton in all the year she won brooklyn has one um it's adriana for has a few new delusions because brooklyn i think it was a year she won and i've seen her wear it a couple times on canada oh okay at this point and brooklyn was i remember brooklyn winning i was yeah. <laughs> Okay, so we've we all fawned the nude illusion gowns. Yes. Let's talk about judging critiques. Mm. Personal taste as a judging critique. Flop or fawn? Flop. flop. It's a flop. I you're know. Ju- Why? You're, you're judging what you see, not how you feel about it. Mm. I have a few bitter bitty stories about like that kind of stuff. Like the one time I did a pageant and was told for presentation, my hair wasn't big enough when I had like teased out up hair for Hades that looked very flame like. That's fine if that's a critique for me, but I just like want to know that it's across the board that way. Yeah. Personal taste. Now, if the hair isn't big enough for the costume, okay. Yeah. But just your hair isn't big enough. Like, that doesn't count. What does that mean? Yeah, what does I, that mean? I once got a critique that just said, like, for me, I like critiques that that show me how I, I can improve. Um, I once got a critique that said, I wish this costume was better. And, you know, I, I don't really know what that means. And, it, like, eventually, after watching several other people, I was like, I think they mean this. Yeah. But it, just saying better. you got to help people. Yeah. And like, like, in what way? But it's just like, I need to know why and, like, and I get that you can you can only do so much in so t- so little time as a yeah. judge, but also like bigger hair when I've already got like teased out stuff like teased out hair, and I'm like, <laughs> it doesn't it doesn't make sense sometimes, and I'm just like I don't know. I would just like give constructive criticism, give constructive, and be willing to talk about it. Right. Don't yeah. just drop your your comments and then duck out the door. Right. Right. I've been I've been very thankful for some people, especially with the comedy queen system. Like I followed up and asked, like, "Hey, what what did you mean by that? How can I improve with that?" And a lot of times, there's a lot of really good judges out there that will do that. Um, Because I've had a lot of really great experiences, even in some of the pageants that I've had the worst feedback. I've had some incredible feedback, Mm -hmm. Mm. and so it's just kind of one of those things with feedback. You've got to learn what to take and what to throw out the window. Yeah, I love it. All right, so it was all a flop for us for personal taste, but we were uh, as a judging critique. But I think we you can fix that by 
writing what you're critiquing for. Or like if you want to make a personal comment, again, like I like uh, tattoos. Mm. Now, yes. you know, like in my opinion, like there was a contestant that there was a pageant I judged recently and their tattoos were showing. And I didn't clock, I did say something about them, but I didn't clock them this time because I put, you know, tattoos, question mark, I-M-O, meaning in my opinion, because those tattoos weren't necessarily the most feminine and you're in an evening gown category. And so I felt like that, I didn't take off points, but I did want to alert her that, hey, you know, in the future, they might take off for this because, you know, if you've got a rose or something with something on it, they may not say anything, but if you've got a big tribal something or a big, you know, Jason face or something on there, they're probably going to say something. To you. Right, right. I have had that happen too. I enjoy whenever people are like, okay, this is something that I noticed. It's not something that I really should technically be taking points out for, but it's something for you to think about. Think about. And I was like, there's nothing wrong with the judge giving you that when they're very clearly not taking off points for it. Also, mm. I hate when judges count off points and don't tell you why but have zero notes yeah that's strange I, I agree i've had that happen and it's just like one of those things sometimes i think judges may not have notes but they don't give a perfect score and i'm like but if you don't give a perfect score but you don't have notes yeah I'm that's like, that whole no one there's always something like i see I've, I've been with judges that um they didn't see anything but they don't give a perfect score they're like no one does anything perfectly there's something to clock so you get like 99 out of 100 points and it's like what oh get out of my face yeah you gotta give some feedback um if you're gonna take points so okay i judged a pageant for the first time um i think it was last summer and to be honest i was like kind of in over my head you know i was like i don't really i I know that i i know i have the ability to judge and give constructive feedback Mm -hmm. but i was like what's too much to take away from like what's too little to take away for this sort of a uh, 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 you know thing that i'm counting you off for you know yeah so like i don't know how what's a good scale for that and how do you learn that time doing Mm. it just judging a lot judging but also you competing helps you make a better judge because you know and also being a judge helps you be a better contestant because you know what they're looking for yeah that makes but, sense. yeah just you know um i went completely blank pardon me no that's okay Cause, i because when you're competing you're also you're never competing in front of the exact same judges panel so the more you're competing the more outside opinions you're getting and you're seeing how more and more people judge And so that's also something that you can carry into your judging of like, okay, this is what I do like as a judge, as a competitor, and this is what I don't like as a judge, Mm. as a competitor standpoint. Or you can do it like, you know, the kind of do a sum, like take it, take it, take it. Well, they said these three things and all three of them said that this was messed up. Yeah. Change that. Yeah. But the other, but you know, unless all three of them, you know, if only one of them said they saw something and that's the only time you've ever seen it, well then look at it, but don't necessarily change it. But if all three people said, Oh, this was messed up. You need to look at that for sure. 100%. Okay. Good to know. All right. Well, the next thing on our flop and phone list, I may need to Google this Marcel waves. I know that they're, they're saying the time has passed, but they're a fetch for me. <laughs> I- they're going to be Stop a fetch forever. Fetch I think it's, it's not going to happen. Been long enough that they are able to come back and not be the overdone trend that they were. True. 
I think we've had enough change in the times. We do just have to go ahead and admit the fact that they're going to come back and they're going to have rhinestones on the edges of them. Yeah, oh, I've already seen it. I've oh, already okay, seen well, it. That can be about that. Um, they'll like rhinestone the like. Yeah, that's this, right? Yeah. Okay. That is like yeah. That's like a Marcel Wolf. I think those are gorgeous. We don't like these. I love. Oh them. wait, you love. I them. like them. They're a fetch but- for me. I like them. I was also somebody that jumped on that trend because I, that was when I was learning how to style. I really like those in non hair color colors. I had a pink one. Yes, I know. So why, what makes something like, when do, why do people get tired of certain hair things? Is it just like everyone's doing it and everyone's, and you just see the same thing. It's just like the Hmm. trendy things right now are human hair and and the sculpty, the sculpty envy Peru swoopty doop. Yeah. See, I want my new thing is the swoop bang and the little ah the ball the ba, the ball yeah the ball oh, up yes um, I want one of those I want one I think they're so fabulous Cora has one Paris has yeah. one everyone has one except me well Bonbon the creator can make you one I want I love them I think they're fantastic <laughs> I like have an idea for something coming up that I want to have deer antlers but hair. Ooh, mm. yeah! I have an idea for you for that. By the way, um, we'll talk about after the pod. Okay, next is oh wait, Marcel waves. We had a fetch from Victoria. I'm gonna fawn it. It's I'm been gonna... enough time that I'm not burnt out on it. Yeah, I'm gonna fawn it as well. I don't know. It's not. I, I say that I'm as somebody that was fully balls deep in the trend myself. Mm. How so about, how about having lots of people on stage with you? Ugh, why? What are you trying to cover? What are you trying to hide? Mm. Yeah, like what's the purpose? The only time I want a lot of people on stage with you is if it's a final night talent at a national pageant. But mm. they have to be together. Like, be on stage yeah. with a purpose. Don't yeah. just be. On, don't just have people on stage to have them on stage. There's no point. Then right. you're just lining yourself up to kill your talent score. And mm. you'll have judges literally ask why you have backup why? dancers. Interesting. So, like, w- w- what makes it? What makes or breaks that? Is it like if they're involved but not pulling attention? I guess it depends on the talent. If you have, if you're doing a dance talent, four to six is six is pushing it. Four is usually good, mm. um, and that's for normal stages. Like for really big stages, you can get away with six. Some people will go eight, um, but it's just to give the whole a, a larger than life feel. Feel. Yeah. Um, but if it's it, like a local pageant, like so, I wanted to do a production. <laughs> And for for mine, and I only had two backup dancers. I but made the mistake of doing four for one of mine, but I needed that many to be able to accomplish the things I wanted. Oh, it was okay. when I did my Taylor Swift talent. Gotcha. Because I had a lift and everything, and I was doing choreography from the tour. Yeah, I did. Ooh. I did a four person talent. They threw me at the judges. Oh yeah, I, <laughs> I flew. Mine went over pretty well, but I mean, it it was just two people in the pageant, so yeah, <laughs> and two backup dancers. Um. Okay, so... If they can be clean, you can have them on stage. Yeah. But if it's going to be a sloppy mess, then just be ready to for them, for to those judges clocked. to tell you. And if they're in drag, make sure their tights don't get ruined while they're at the... Oh, yeah, that's a good point. If don't you make, have a drag queen, they have to be together, just like you. Because, like, they might... You need to make sure that they don't go sit down and get a black spot on their tights. I'm saying this from experience Sorry. that happened to one of my backup dancers. Went to sit down to watch the pageant and ended up getting a black spot on her tights. And we didn't uh, realize it. And I got points counted off for it. Wow. 
Which that is like my responsibility as like I can admit that that's like my responsibility, but it was also something that was kind of out of my control. Yeah. I just want to give props to Green, who played my um, patient at National Miss Comedy Queen for her final night. I thought she did such a good job of like not pulling attention, but being like perfect and like playing her part. It was so good and so funny. Let me tell you, that was something that Mark and I literally commented on while we were watching you, because we were like, there was a brief moment that I was like, oh, I forgot Green was there because Flap <laughs> is like just doing a good job of like keeping my attention and you should be able to like my eyes would go to Green every once in a while and like Green would be like on it. Right. <laughs> but then like, but you were the main focus and for some of the like stuff that Green was doing for you to still be able to pull focus. Oh, yeah. Because I mean, it was intentionally supposed to be absurd. Yeah, great. It was. Yeah, it was a lot, Robin. <laughs> um, okay, so we've done that. What about drinking during the pageant? Know your limits. Mm. Yeah, I'd like to. As a representative, as a contestant, or as Ooh, a spectator, I would say as a contestant. Oh, now see, I will do a shot, maybe two. I do okay. a shot before every category. Before talent. Before talent. I, did. I used to have to, especially for pre- for um, any time I would be on the mic. Usually because I was a ditzy blonde in talent, so it helped. <laughs> yeah, so. It helped play up the part. If, uh, now, I know we talked about this before I left, and I did drink during the during Comedy Queen. I did about the same as you. I was like a, a shot per category. I, I um, would usually, like, I think I would have, like, one drink that lasted me the whole night, but I'd have a shot before every category. Mm-hmm. I think now I could just, like, have a few drinks throughout the night and not need the shots. Yeah. Pre-game. Yeah. Shot before you leave and then you just coast through the rest of the night. Right. What about painting at the pageant versus showing up painted? We need to flop or fawn the drinking. Oh, fawn. Fawn. Everybody fawns? Yeah. Triple fawn for drinking during the patch. Okay. What about showing up to the pageant painted or painting at the venue? Ooh. I painted at the venue for I've done it both. Right. But there is something about coming just completely stamped and looking absolutely sickening and arriving and everyone being like <laughs> that feel you can't take that feeling away. Even if you don't win, you all were looking at me. Yes. Yeah. So um, I usually probably get away um out away. Mm. Touch I, up and critique and fi- uh, finesse down there with the girls i typically have painted at the venue for most of mine because also it helps you like for example like at the quest you know the lighting better when you're painting at the venue um because like those were some of my earlier pageants where i hadn't ever really performed at the quest so you get a lay of the land a little better and you're able to know the lighting situation a little better a lot of the pageants at Al's that I've done, in fact, most of them, all of them, got ready outside. Ooh. Painting outside. Yeah. They set up stations outside, mirrors and lit. I've gotten in ready for evening gown in a laundry basket because it started raining on us. Oh, my gosh. It almost... Wait. I know that I getting... it almost did one year when I competed in something. I can't remember if it was the Al's on 7th pageant or the... If there was a pageant at Al's, it was raining. Because <laughs> I've done two there. That's all that happened. I know that the prelim night for Comedy Queen, I got ready at 
the venue and that it did hurt me because the, it was so dark in the area that we were painting. All I had was my little mirror. And then I got a critique that was like, why is the nose contour so dark? <laughs> Look, so, I know some people that love getting ready. I'll, I'll name drop. Karis loves getting ready <laughs> in the dark with her light. That way she just has, mm. and that way she controls how much light she has Sad. on her. She's got the lighted mirror. And so, and her lighter mirror can get pretty bright too. So she likes to be able to control how much light she has coming on. And she doesn't have shadows. Interest. I think I need to get a, a stronger light for my mirror um, that turn. controls it a little more. Yeah. That's the where it's at. Get a good lit mirror, turn off all the lights in your house and get ready. It's fantastic. Well, that's everything on our flop and fawn list. Do y'all have anything wah, else? Wah, I wah, know. Wah, wah, wah. We just need to hire you to sit in and be our soundboard, Victoria. Okay, yes. <laughs> I love making sounds with my mouth. You'll make triple what you're making right now for this. Oh, perfect. Um, yes. <laughs> well, do y'all have anything else that you want to add about pageantry before we um, close out the episode? Keep supporting pageantry. Pageantry yes. is the way of the future. I agree. Don't don't abandon it. It's also- I believe the pageants are the future. <laughs> It's our history, but it's also our future. Because yeah. Drag Race is not, like, Newsflash, it's not going to be around forever. You know? And none of these TV shows are. And eventually... <gasps> I know. Thank <gasps> you. Uh, eventually, drag queens are not going to be this huge fad that they are right now. And um, pageantry is the way that we've survived and will continue to survive mm-hmm. with, yep. with our culture. And so it's it's important to support them, and uh, but also to enjoy them as they for what they are and as they evolve. And evolve them. Not necessarily... And people are like, don't change it. No. Change is necessary. Yes. Evolve Everything it. changes. Evolve it. Make it better. Absolutely. Um, anything else? Drag is not a crime. Drag is not a crime. Nope. I, I do want to remind everyone that we have shows coming up Wednesday, April 12th. At, we have Drag Bingo at High Wire Brewing, which is a fundraiser for Magic City Acceptance Center and the Crisis Center. Make sure you join us for Bingo. Also on Thursday, May 18th at 7.30 p.m., we will have a Roast in Peace Angel Face. It is a live roast happening of Angel Face at Birmingham Festival Theater. It is, you can get tickets now at bftonline.org uh, and, and that you can find that link in the description of this podcast episode. Also, we have Flapping and Falling merch available at the link in the description of this episode. And if you leave us a five-star review, you can hear your very own words from our mouth holes to your ear holes on our regular chat show episodes. Pride pageants are next weekend. Yes, and the Central Alabama Pride pageants are... Uh, April 14th and 15th, there is still time to sign up. So make sure you go do that. And feel free to reach out to me if I can honoring help you, you in any way. Yes, honoring me as I give up my crown as the first ever mix Central Alabama Pride. Well, thanks again for everyone for listening to Flapping, Flapping and Fawning. We love you, Victoria. Love yeah. you. For listening to Flapping and Fawning. Music by Elliot Nass. Promotional art by Danny Lee. Hosts are Flapjack. Oh, hey, that's me. And I'm Fawn. 
You can follow me on Instagram at fawn.fawn.fawn. And you can follow me over at Instagram as well. And pretty much any other social media platform at flapjquellen, F-L-A-P-J-A-C-Q-U-E-L-I-N-E. Connect with us on social media on Instagram at flapping and fawning pod and on Twitter at flap and fawn pod. Oh, and make sure you check out the links in our bio to buy some merch. You can also connect with us via Gmail at flapping and fawning pod at gmail.com. See you next time. Bye. Ta ta.